Welcome to the Fantasy Addict Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Amore and Frank Sicalese. Back to the Fantasy Addicts Dynasty podcast. It's good to have all the listeners back in here today. Um, we've also got Andrew and Joel here today. How are you doing today, boys? Yeah, good. Thanks, Frank. Um, the Warriors got the win. We were discussing that on the the last pod. Um, go Dubs. Joel, how are you going? Uh, yeah, good. Uh, great to be back. Uh, back to the roots of this podcast with uh, just us three. Back when the podcast, you know, really had a heart and soul. Um, and yeah, also good to have the Warriors go up three to two. Sorry to like, you know, um, date this podcast, but, um, yeah, fuck Boston. No one likes those guys. Yeah. No one likes Boston and Andrew Wiggins, he's the man. So, um, I think they're going to close this series out next game just quietly. Like we said in the last pod, Warriors in six. We love that though. Yeah. So Warriors in seven, in seven. All right. Whatever you say, Andrew. Um, we're going to get stuck straight into some news that's happened over the last couple of days. We've been uh, very busy recording. So it's actually only a couple of days have passed between our last recording. So we've seen that Kyler Murray is expected to be there at a mandatory minicamp, which is good news for me. Um, excited to hear about that. Hopefully he'll be there ready to go. Um, he hopefully gets his long contract with the Cardinals as well. Um, we've seen the former Texans running back, David Johnson. He was in New Orleans today, a couple of days ago visiting there. So maybe he gets signed. Maybe they're expecting Alvin Kamara to get a suspension or something like that. Um, that's interesting. No David, news come forward after that. I feel like if he was going to get signed, uh, it normally happens pretty quickly after the visit. So maybe that will cool off. Would you have something to say surely, about that, Andrew? Yeah, surely David Johnson's a name we can retire. Like, we don't have to talk about him anymore, do we? No, well, it was going to be interesting if you had a sign in New Orleans and Kamara missed time. I don't think Mark Ingram and flying fuck if he decided if he sure David Johnson <laughs> retired along with Mitch Ryan's fantasy career. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also had a couple of days ago, Alan Lazard signed his restricted free agent tender, so he should be back um, at off-season activities for the Packers. He wasn't actually showing up. Um, I just don't think anyone took notice because it was Alan Lazard. Um, we also have in more recent news, apparently there's some urgency on the Carolina side to get a deal done for Baker Mayfield in time for mini camp. So I don't know how much, uh, legitimacy these rumors have, but it'd be interesting to see Baker Mayfield find a home in Carolina. I don't know if that moves the needle for the Panthers. I think they're lacking in a lot of areas, but it's definitely an upgrade from the likes of Sam Darnold or Matt Corral. Um, definitely a huge downgrade for, you know, anyone that took Matt Corral in a rookie draft or believed in him if Baker Mayfield were to go there. Um, still has Wasn't a lot of years draft? left on his deal. Didn't but, you draft Matt Corral? Yeah, I did, and I'm not happy about it if Baker Mayfield goes there. But we'll wait and see. Um, you know, the hype has gone up and down for Baker Mayfield to heaps of different locations. We'll wait and see when he actually gets moved. Well, we may as well stay there. Um, Brown's quarterback situation, What? What's everyone? How's everyone feel about it? Joel, you're the Deshaun Watson guy. Let's, let's hear it. He's innocent. It's, you know, what I reckon. Um, do we, is this like, is this a pro, is this a pro Deshaun Watson podcast? Yeah. The football play. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a pro, it's a Joel Amor's pro Deshaun Watson, but uh, I personally just think it's a matter of time before he's handed down a hefty suspension. Oh, He's going to get a year. I'm pretty sure we're all, you know, we're all... You know, well, how's that good news? That. We, we know he's not going to go to jail, but... Yeah, he's not going to go to jail. He's just going to make a year. A year suspension? That's another year you're losing a Deshaun Watson, Joel. I don't need Deshaun Watson. I'm tanking. Tanking, all right. Yeah, I know, but still, one another year. It's another year off his career. It's another year he's not putting up fantasy points for you. So maybe for you in the way the position your team is in, it's a good thing, and you don't mind that. Probably make, makes it easier for you to lose a few more games. But you know, for those players that are waiting for Deshaun Watson to contribute on their fantasy team, it's definitely not looking good for this upcoming season. Can we agree on that? 
well, yeah, who's dumb enough to think that he was going to play? So if you're coming into a, you know, a startup uh, dynasty, if we, if we want to do that again, league, I'm all in for it. That was a great uh, three-week period. But um, where would you take him? Because, Joel, where would you take him I'd a year ago? I the back of the six in an eight-man league. So, you know, what's that overall? Like really, really yeah, like forty-eight round picks. Yeah, so and like I'm comfortable enough with that pick. Um, I think when he plays, he's gonna be he'd be in Superflex, a you know around that first round draft pick um, caliber player. And for as you know, as long as you know what direction your team is going, which I feel like by the sixth round you can kind or the fifth or sixth round you can kind of determine that. Um, yeah, if Deshaun Watson fits your bill, then why not take the, you know, gamble on Deshaun Watson, knowing you don't need any of the um, fantasy points it's going to produce. And worse coming, worse comes to worse, you get all these 2023 quarterbacks um, in this next class. You can uh, use one of those high picks you'll get on one of them if Deshaun Watson news um, goes worse than it is now. Yeah, I think... Uh the six round price tag that you paid. And, you know, it's probably around that now, you know, if we're talking about a 12 person league, you're probably going to end up somewhere in like the fourth round. It's probably still where he's going. I actually haven't had a look at the ADP, but that's probably somewhere I'd be comfortable taking to Sean Watson. If I was, you know, going for a really young build, you know, young rebuilding team. So I think um, he's definitely got a place and, you know, I don't think you're getting too much of a discount on him. I think everyone's pretty convinced that he will be back playing at a high level especially with all that guaranteed money in Cleveland and the uh, the offense that he's got there. I think uh, he's definitely got, you know, quarterback one upside. Yes, yeah, the money. It's the $230 million guaranteed. Like, I don't know. The Browns don't want to pay that for nothing. And if he couldn't get criminally um, charged the first time around with the first 22 or 23 cases, I don't think the next um, few are going to move the needle if the first, you know, when he couldn't, so... Yeah, with um, all respect to the women involved as well. <laughs> I'm only technically a lawyer, but, you know... Well, here's a strategy, Frank. You take your mate Jalen Hurts, and when he's dead after this year, then Deshaun Watson comes in. You take both of them. Not a bad strategy. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother replying to that. You know how I feel about uh, my boy Jalen, and I won't sort of just sit here and debate things that should be blatantly obvious to everyone else. But that's not here nor there. Let's get stuck straight into... What was that, Joel? We have a quarterback one this year and a quarterback one next year. Exactly. Well, at least you're starting to admit that Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarter one, the quarterback one this year. It's great to hear. Um, we'll get stuck into the uh, main crux of the show that we've got today. So we've got the running back winners and losers of the offseason. So each of us have brought a name to the table, one winner and one loser at the position. We're sort of going to go through why we think that, uh, you know, what the outlook for that player might be uh, both this season and going forward. Why don't you start us off, Andrew? Who's your running back winner of the offseason so far? Um, thanks, Frank. I will start us off. My running back winner of the offseason is Damien Pierce. Um, you might be saying, who listeners? Houston drafted Mr. Pierce, uh, round four, pick 107. And, you know, he's he wasn't really on our radar. Like, we didn't really do that much deep diving on him in the rookie series, Frank. But um, right now, I think he's got to be rookie RB3 just because of the opportunity he's going to get. Um, but, you know, he's still 5'10", 218 for his workhorse size. Um, he showed that he can catch the ball. You know, he had 20-plus receptions in college, which in college, that's, that's pretty good. Um, you know, shows he can actually catch the ball. But the main point is these three names, Frank. Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, and De Ungumbawale. Did I nail that? No, you've butchered it. It's Dare, Dare Ungumbawale. Come on now. Well, that that proves my point even more, Frank, because he's a fucking nobody. But (laughs) the the depth chart, sorry if you listen, Mr. Ungumbawale, but that's the depth chart. The Houston Texans are going to be bad. Um, I think they play the kids, and I think they play him early. I think Damian Pierce, uh, he's going to get, you know, he's, he could be an RB too. Year one could be out of the gate. I think he's more talented. You could argue he's more talented than all those guys, and they want they want to find out if he is. And if he's not more talented than those guys, then that's that's a real problem. But Matt Barber took him what round three in our rookie draft. I think that's a fair price to find out. Um, 
yeah, so I, I really like Damien Pierce, big off-season winner for mine. What do you two think about him? Um, yeah, that's all I have to say, really. Yeah. Good pick, Matt Barbara, babe. In his life? Four. Well, that too, I suppose. It's got him taking the bust in the second round. Uh, but yeah, um, as far as, you know, rookie running backs go, the, you know, the big names, um, I feel like that was the ideal landing spot for someone to have immediate impact in their first season. And yeah, if Daniel Pierce is, you know, good, um, you know, I feel like it's one of those ones where after the, their bye week, I don't know when the Texans have their bye, but, um, you know, one of those situations where after their bye, the uh, rookie takes over and leads um, the offense the rest of the way if they have talent, um, sort of like J.K. Dobbins and uh, Cam Akers did in their rookie season. I don't think Damian Pierce is as good as those players, but, um, you know, he may get the same opportunity that those two did in their rookie season. Yeah, I think the fact, the uh, the points that you outlined, Andrew, that Damian Pierce is uh, in a backfield with Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, and Dare Agumboale, um just shows that he, I think he's going to get an opportunity. Like you said, Texans aren't going to be winning many games. You have to give the rookies that you spent a fourth-round pick on. Like, it's not a throwaway pick, but it's not incredibly high capital either. But the Texans are in a position where they want to see what they have on their roster. I think it would be uh, madness to not at least let him try and see the field. And, you know, unless he's completely terrible in training camp and then practice and things like that. Um, but the fact that, you know, and fantasy, in fantasy football, we chase opportunity and there's not many uh, more open backfields in the NFL than the one in Houston. So the fact that you're getting a rookie running back in the third round of your rookie drafts, who has, you know, that kind of upside to take on the full workload. We saw in college, like you said, he can catch the ball. He's got the, you know, the body and the frame to take on a three down workload. So I think um, just as a strategy in general, and even rookie drafts going forward, you know, we didn't have much of a deep dive into him like we probably should have because you, I think the best thing to do is to look at running backs that have the ability to take on three-down workloads because they're the ones that put up the big fantasy numbers, not just, you know, your smaller backs or your, you know, your pure runners. I think um, the best running backs that you can find in your rookie drafts and especially late are the ones that do have that three-down uh, build and that three-down skill set. So he was always a name that we should have been looking at. Um, uh, well, I think the running back class was really just, you know, Brees Hall, who we'll probably get into later, um, Kenneth Walker and Isaiah Spiller for the most part. And, you know, every other name was just, uh, but whoever landed in Houston was going to, you know, be talked about as a winner of the offseason. So, um, yeah, Mr. Pierce, don't let me down this season. Yeah, let us, yeah. I think at least we're going to, we're going to see, we're going to find out what he's got. So, think that's a perfect spot you want to be with your rookies you don't want to have to hold a rookie for like three years to let him get some playing time and then he's no good um if you find out straight away you can you know you can cut him trade him if he has a good week you might be able to sell high if you might be able to just cut him if you know he's no good so i think that's the best spot to be especially running backs rotate him through your roster just get as many as you can yeah or just get good one like who joel Brees hall Nancy harris Tony <laughs> pollard you just come on the show when you feel like it just to shout out your own team, don't you? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, why don't no, you... Yeah, you got my winner. Yeah, I was just about to say, why don't you give us your winner of the off-season, Joel? I'm, I'm excited to hear this. Okay, well, surprisingly enough, the player I'm going to shout out isn't on my team. Um, but Travi ETN... Um, Big winner of just the off-season and, you know, all going back to the James Robert Achilles of last season. Um, you know, the Jaguars, I think they're going to be better. They can't be any worse. Um, they get Doug Peterson as head coach. I know Doug Peterson went in Philadelphia, did use a bit of a committee, um, you know, but I feel like with James Robertson's injury, um, who else do the Jaguars have to use at their disposal at running back? Um, Travis Etienne can catch passes. He's big back. Um, he can, you know, do it all. This was a first-round draft pick in the NFL right behind Najee Harris. And, you know, shout-out Najee Harris. We all know how he turned out. The man. Um, but, um, you know, we get Travis Etienne... Trevor Lawrence and Cruz as a quarterback. 
Um, these are the kind of running backs that, as you were saying before, the ones that can do it all, succeed in fantasy. Um, and I think he has a big opportunity to improve um, year two, or improve, to be, you know, rise up draft, you know, prices value-wise um, in year two and could end up, you know, being in that Najee Harris, um, Javante Williams type of tier at running back coming, you know, finishing the season. Which is yeah, where I think he's drafted yeah. to be coming into this season before the Leafs break, which we also have heard is, um, you know, his recovery has been well. He's, you know, going to be ready for week one training camp, um, you know, going into the preseason. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, John. The, the point that you made about him being able to rise up into the ranks um, with the likes of Najee, Javante, the young running backs, maybe not quite to that Jonathan Taylor level, but then also like DeAndre Swift. Well, like that can easily happen if, you know, Travis Etienne gets that full workload. Um, and then he also, you know, finishes inside of the top 10 running back finish. There's no reason for him to be valued um, in a similar tier to those guys. That wouldn't shock me whatsoever. Uh, I think he's that style of running back that we've seen be really um, successful for fantasy. More recently, we saw DeAndre Swift. Um, and then you've also got the likes of Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, who've been doing it for years now. They're that player that doesn't get 25, 30 carries a game, but they're going to get you 15 carries and they're going to do it in an efficient clip. And then they're also going to catch their three, four, five balls a game. And then it's going to be incredibly good for fantasy. So I think that new um, sort of brand of, of running back that's really effective in the NFL, both on the field, but it's really, really effective for your, our fantasy teams as well. So I think he fits that. And, you know, with James, uh, with James Robinson out of the lineup and not really much competition behind him, I should say no issue that they're going to use him you know, a lot of the time and especially around the goal line, if they, you know, the likes of Trevor Lawrence, if he's not taken that, you know, next step to being an elite quarterback, they're going to need to be able to run the ball inside the red zone. I think they've made good investment in that offensive line to be able to run the ball. And I think that's going to be an important part of their game plan. You know, Doug Peterson was always um, not afraid to run the ball. He always deployed multiple backs, but I don't think he's going to have the luxury this season in Jacksonville. Do you agree with that, Andy? Snoop Dogg, Connor and Ryquel Armstead. The uh, other name with James Robinson, Achilles injury, uh, in his backfield. Yeah, I think you just made the point even more clear there, Joel. Yeah, and and Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, best friends from college. Mm, the, old, the old bunk bed buddies. Yeah. They were bunk bed buddies, Frank. Exactly. You can't oh, underestimate. You can't underestimate that, honestly. Like, he's going to throw the As ball a... to his mate. Like, would you not do the same thing? I'd throw the ball to my mate. As a college athlete myself, Frank, I can uh, say I would target my college friends. Would you target your <laughs> college friends, Joel? You're a former college I am athlete. A former college athlete, Dylan Lawrence, George G. Chapel, Fergus Friday Smith. I would target you guys. <laughs> oh, what a nice guy! But um, yeah, just everything is all said. I don't really need to echo it all, but um, yeah, ETN. Where do you guys have him? RB one, RB two, like. Like not the RB one, but do you have him as an RB one or an RB two? Like, what are you? Are we, probably... are we talking about fantasy finish this season, or are we talking fantasy ranks in general? Well, it is a dynasty show, Frank. I'm talking if it was a if we were doing a draft tomorrow. What what range? Oh, we'll read out some names and we'll uh, higher or lower. Geez, Aaron Jones or Travis Etienne. I'd take Etienne. Alvin Kamara or Travis Etienne. I'd probably take Kamara. Kamara. Um, Antonio Gibson or Travis Etienne? Etienne. Etienne. Um, Hall, Travis Etienne. Oh, Brees. Oh, Brees. Um, Joe Mixon or Travis Etienne? Mixon. Okay, so he's probably in that seven to ten range. Not quite. Yeah, he's not quite. I'd say yeah. I'd probably have him around like ten to yeah, fifteen. Yeah. 10 to 12-ish, yeah. Okay. Um, but he's better than Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Not even. Okay. Well, I was just reading names off the top of my head, boys. So I didn't really have a list there for you, but I thought I did pretty he's well. He's good on the anyway, fly, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, stuff. Listeners, in the, after RB10, start looking at Travis Etienne. Can we all agree on that? Yeah, definitely can. Okay. Frank, hit us with your winner, buddy. Your big, big winner of the offseason. 
Yeah, well, it's hard to say big, big winner. And it's going to come across as a little controversial considering what's going on. But my winner of the off-season um, in part ways is Alvin Kamara. Now, let me explain. Obviously, you have the incident in Las Vegas where he's arrested for, you know, frankly, assaulting someone. Um, we all saw the photo of the victim. We saw how uh, battered and bruised he was. Now, I'm not condoning his actions. I'm just talking about fantasy football here. So, obviously, that's happened, and there could be a there could be a suspension incoming for Alvin Kamara. You know, you don't wouldn't imagine that it ends up being more than six games. Obviously, you want Alvin Kamara for as many games as possible, but I think we can be confident to say that. When the games start to get important and you've got your fantasy playoffs, you've got those late games in the season, you're making that playoff push, Alvin Kamara is going to be available to you. The Saints have then come out and they have signed approximately zero players at the running back position. They have decided to not invest any draft capital into the running back position. They've re-signed Mark Ingram and they've brought back, I can't remember the other guys, Tony Jones. Is that, am I getting that right? The guy with the glasses? the king that Barbara rolled out somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The guy that was supposed to get all the touches and then he was inactive. That was funny. Um, and Tony Jones. So either the Saints aren't expecting him to get a suspension or they're just incredibly comfortable with having Alvin Kamara come back when he comes back. And they're going to give him the entire workload just like they always do. So he's going to be a player that he's got his extension. He's, you know, he's locked into his contract in New Orleans where they've shown that they're going to use him in such a high capacity. They're going to give him 20 carries and give him 10 targets a game, and they won't even think twice about it. And he's going to be there locked in in some very safe money for the next two to three years. Um, And he's frankly just an elite running back. We've seen him finish as the running back one before. We've seen him finish as a top... I think he's finished as an RB1 every year of his career. I'm just going to double-check this now. I think it's actually every year of his career. No, I wouldn't shock him. It's probably right. It is every year. Get this, in PPR leagues, he's finished as the running back three as a rookie, four in his second year, nine, one, and eight. And he missed four games last year, and he still finishes the running back eight. So he's he's an elite, elite fantasy option. And his touchdowns were down last year. He finished with nine touchdowns on the year. Like, that is incredibly low for Alvin Kamara, you know? Just to put into perspective, he's finished with 13, 18, uh, the year he finishes running back 90, only had six, but then he had 21 and then only nine this year. So we can expect some touchdown, positive touchdown regression for Alvin Kamara, even if he misses games. I think he's going to finish with 10 double-digit touchdowns, even if he only plays 10 games. He's the kind of player that averages a touchdown a game. They use him so heavily in the red zone, and that's not going to change. With James Winston under center, they're not going to want him throwing the ball 40 times a game because we've seen for the years now what that means for an offense and what that means for an NFL team. So they're going to try and keep him under control. They decided they only wanted him to throw the ball 20, 25 times a game. They're going to be run heavy like they always are. And I think Alvin Kamara, with no yeah, with no significant players drafted, you know, we had teams like the Raiders, we had teams like the Buccaneers drafting, you know, both whites for their running backs that, you know, would on the outside looking in look like they were very safe options. They've added young running backs into their stable. The Saints haven't done that whatsoever. They've got complete faith in Alvin Kamara. So he's a winner for me. Yeah, I, I agree, Frank. Um, you know, I went out and traded for him in our dynasty league uh, before the, was it before or after the news? about? I think him? it was after the news. So I remember we were talking about it because we thought that you, you paid, I still think you paid market value what he would have cost before the incident, oh, yeah. no, what you paid after the incident. Away, yeah, I just gave up DJ Moore. Yeah, yeah, that's that's completely fine. But the thing is, if this uh, punching news blows over, like that's a slam dunk trade to me. I don't think it will, but you know if it does. But yeah, as you said, he James three signs, and you know first five weeks is Alvin's points: 16, 19, 26, 28, 18. That's with Jameis. and then you know um, I think he missed some time. But um, it was a bit inconsistent without Jameis. But, you know, if Jameis is back, um, I think Alvin's back too. You know, they drafted O-line, uh, Trevor Penning, I think. Um, so, yeah, that improved offense, improved O-line, improved weapons. I think uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be going to be really good in fantasy. But it's just the only thing, I don't know if he's a winner of the offseason, Frank, because if he gets suspended, I don't know what happens there, but, you know, with everything else, 
yes, he is a winner. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you, but kind of disagree with you. I'm not really sure, Joel. Where do you weigh on Alvin Kamara? Yeah, uh, good player. Um, probably would have picked someone who did beat the shit out of the guy in the off season. Um, but that's just me. Um, looking at these Alvin Kamara rushing touchdown numbers, though, five. Oh no, so twenty eighteen goes fourteen, then it goes to five, then all the way back up to sixteen, and then. Last year, do you know what that means? I'm, I, I think Joel's seen a pattern like 18 <laughs> rushing touchdowns coming up this year, guys. Um, Alvin Kamara, first overall. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, Jameis Winston really doesn't inspire me as a quarterback. Um, and last year, Alvin Kamara really lacked the you know passing work that we've seen uh, in the past. Um, like, you know, Alvin Kamara, like, routinely just hit 80 catches. Um, I think that dropped down to 47 catches last year. Um, and if he's not going to, you know, be hitting that 80, you know, 80-catch mark, um, if he can't hit that double-digit touchdown rushing um, number, he's going to, you know, struggle to be, you know, in that top six, seven, eight running backs overall. So, especially in a season where he may miss some time due to the suspension. Um, I think you're really relying on that receiving work to get back up to 80 catches um, or the rushing touchdowns to get back up to that, you know, high mark that he has in the past with, you know, the 14 and the 16 rushing touchdowns. And I don't, I don't know if I see that in the same offense this year led to James. But he's your winner, Frank. Exactly. So I've got to think that he's a winner, and that's all that matters. And the listener's got to think that he's a winner. So you really those... respect the respect the opinion of a man that doesn't have lettuce and tomato on his burgers. Like, is that is that really what you do? <laughs> it's so unnecessary. No, listeners, we had an argument in the group chat this week. You don't need <laughs> lettuce and tomato on a burger if you've got like four ingredients to pick. You're not wasting two of them on lettuce and tomato. I'm not ha- going any further with that conversation. Gonna let the leave that in the hands of the uh, loyal listeners, all right? So there's no point um, elaborating on that any further. Why don't we get stuck into our (laughs) off-season losers at the running back position? These are always a bit more interesting. They're always basically got something, you know, a story or something that's happened in the off-season associated with these losers. So uh, why don't you kick us off, Joel? You love talking about losers. You love talking about yourself. So let's get it started. (laughs) Let me um get the uh, roster of the Atomic Supermen up. <laughs> um, I might actually do like a three-parter on Matt Barber's team because, boy, did he have a rough off-season. Uh, let me kick it off with the layup of the off-season. <laughs> uh, that being Mike Carter. Um, probably could have got like an early second-round pick for Mike Carter before they drafted Brees Hall. And, boy, did that come like crushing down on Mike Carter. Um he what might see you know? No, nah, he's dead. You don't even have to try this. He's dead. Official, okay. officially. Yeah. I think dead. he's dead. I don't have to go into why he's dead. No, nah, just okay, dead. That's good. So he's going to get no work. Dead. Matt Barber also has like still can be a winner, but Elijah Mitchell. Mm. If the Niners really need to draft another running back in the third round, you know, to pair with. Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, and whatever other losers they have running around and running that. Hey, don't disrespect Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. <laughs> but, um, you know, they've got so many. And, like, I feel like adding another one really doesn't, you know, bode well for the confidence I've ha- I would have in Elijah Mitchell, who Matt Barber gave up a lot to get in our league. I didn't hate the move when he did it, too. It's just now it's yeah, so it's, sketchy. So it just reeks. The whole, you know, Kyle Shanahan running back. It just, I don't know. I don't trust it. Good player, Elias Mitchell. Really, you know, solid. But, you know, I just don't buy it from, you know, a fantasy football ongoing. Like, he's not, you know, going to sustain what he did last year moving forward. I don't think, I wouldn't bet on that. And as people know, I love betting on things. Um, but, yeah, I think. Then two main losers. Um, I mean, you could go into like 
Javante pa- Williams. The no, Patriots added another running back as well. Yeah, they, they added two, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and like, oh, yeah, I was going to go Javante Williams. Like, you know, he could have been like running back three, top three running back overall. Then they keep. Um, Melvin, Melvin. You know, he's all mate. Melvin, Melvin. He just keeps lingering around, doesn't he? <laughs> um, you know, who else is on this team? Uh, he probably doesn't have any running backs, does he? But, you know, there's my losers the Matt Barber running back room. Yeah, they, that running back room got smashed and it's sort of what can happen in dynasty fantasy football. Uh, the offseason comes at you fast. You think you've got a good stable of running backs um, and then, you know, they all take a hit, really. That's the only way Same to put it. Harris too. I just found him on there, you know, hitting away the flex. But yeah, he was a loser too. Who was this? Damien Harris. Oh, yeah, Damien Harris. Exactly. Yeah, that is Patriots running backs. They added two more. Yeah, like they needed any more. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Joel didn't bring one loser to the table. He just brought about five of them. But, you know, it's hard to disagree with him. Um, Michael Carter is probably the biggest. Um, Javante Williams is interesting because I think he'll still be good, Frank. I mean, you're the Broncos, man. Do you want to touch on this? Um, but, you know, Melvin Gordon's just going to be so annoying. Kind of caps his ceiling. Um, and, yeah, I think I think Damien Harris, that's gross. Eli Mitchell's gross. Yeah, they're all just... They're all just losers. Um, sorry, Matt, but could be a... Uh, when do you think Matt will be good? All right, Frank, talk about Javante Williams and then when you think Matt Barber will come good. All right, so I'm going to answer that second question very quickly. Uh, never. And uh, <laughs> the reason and the reason why I think Javante Williams is still going to be um, good for fantasy, um, I'm pretty sure, what did he finish as the running back? I think I'm going to guess 20 and I'm going to see what it was. So he finished, actually, he finished as a running back 17 last season, um, you know, on 200 carries, did that very efficiently at four and a half yards carry, only the four touchdowns on the ground, three in the air, which is really good. He had 43 receptions, showed that he had, you know, the receiving capability. But with Melvin Gordon back, I don't think he's going to get that elite high-end workload that we're all hoping and expecting. Um and it's already come out, you know, in training camp and things like that. Melvin Gordon's already said to the GM when he re-signed, and he's also reiterated that to the coach, he specifically said, he goes, I'm not going to, you know, basically give up this job without a fight. Like, I'm only here because I want to have a role, and I'm actually not just here to be a placeholder or a backup to Javante Williams. And the, and the team said that's 100%. That's what we want. We want them to both compete with each other. So I think it's going to be, you know, another 50-50 split between these two very talented backs. Um, the offense is also going to be, you know, you'd imagine it's a bit more high powered, but then you've also got the receiving threats that are probably going to take up more of the offense than what they did last year with Russell Wilson now under center. So I think, you know, they're going to end up somewhere in a similar range again. I don't think um, Javante Williams has top 10 upside, neither does Melvin Gordon, but I think they're both going to finish, you know, as, you know, low to mid running back twos, somewhere between that, you know, 15, to running back 24 and you, they're good for a fantasy team, especially in our league where we have such deep starting lineups and rosters, but they're not going to be league winners for you. But, you know, Melvin Gordon's such a cheaper price tag. I think, um, you know, although you wanted to see him go somewhere else, Andrew, and get a bigger workload, I think that he's going to be helpful for you at some stage this season. So not a total loss there. What if you get a Javante Williams injury? Gee, that'd be good. Like, and why is Like, you know, Javante Williams gets a Melbourne Gordon injury. Like, I oh, it's, you know, it's wheels up for, both, for either running back in that situation. I know I said loser, but like, this whole offense is going to get so much better with Russell. Just any quarterback capable of, you know, completing the pass just in general. Um, no, nah, but he's getting just me excited, Joel. Because... You're getting me very excited. Oh, I know. I can't <laughs> wait for my Jerry Judy, Alberto, and Yeah, he's just a loser because um what he was going Yeah, it was out of control. We were yeah. having him RB one and stuff and now he's just, you know, everyone's to normal. Like, yeah. You know, you could have sold them and bought now and <laughs> with the huge profit. Yeah, agreed. Um, Frank, do you want to hit us with your loser or do you want me to go? Or No, no, I'll hit us with uh, my loser of the off-season. This one's a little bit more, less cryptic. You don't have to think about this one as much as you did with the Alvin Kamara being a winner, winner here, listeners. I've gone with Antonio Gibson as a loser of my off-season. 
So now it's pretty uh, <laughs> obvious. And it started off nice and early in the offseason where you thought JD McKissick was out of town. You're like, this is great. Smooches, he's finally gone. JD McKiss- uh, Antonio Gibson's now going to, you know, get that receiving workload we saw him do in college. He was a college wide receiver. You think he's got the receiving capability to, you know, take on a full time workload for the Washington Commanders. He then comes back. They beg Antonio um, JD McKissick to stay. He's basically checked in. He had his flight booked to Buffalo. He had a house there, I heard. No, I don't know if that's actually true. But he was, you know, he was basically on the plane to Buffalo. And then they've convinced him to come back. They gave him the same contract. Um, I heard that the owner was down on his knees, begging, crying to get him back because they don't believe that Antonio Gibson can take on a full workload. McKissick's back. We then get to draft day and you think, yep, yeah, it can't get any worse than this. And then the Washington Commanders, who frankly have holes littered throughout their entire roster that I think the only position of strength that they have is like interior offensive line, interior defensive line and one ride receiver. And then they made, they added another in the draft, but like every other position they're, they're poor. They're poor at every other position. And they decided third round running back, Brian Robinson, who he's not just a bruiser. He's not just a guy that's going to take up carries and then you use Antonio Gibson as someone that, you know, does most of the other rushing and receiving, but you've got JD McKissick for the receiving. You've now got Brian Robinson who has a three down skill set, And they've said that they want to use, they definitely want to use him. Not just going to use a third round pick on a player you're not going to use or that you don't like. Um, and then you've just got Antonio Gibson here. that has been stuck in the middle um, and his values just been hammered this entire off season. Personally, it's rightfully so. I think if you're an Antonio Gibson owner, you've definitely got to be worried the way, things are going obviously can't count out talent i personally think he's quite a talented um back um but he's gonna have to show a lot this season to not um you know basically lose value and you know basically not be able to you know have as many opportunities as he has in the past what work do you think like how does he get more than he's like i'm gonna look at his numbers now because he didn't get more than like he wasn't getting 20 carries a game before he was this. there for a little portion after I traded him, and I kind of felt like an idiot to trade him. I feel like his workload like skyrocketed. Uh, Believe it or not, guys, he actually has a hamstring injury already as well during OTAs, and we already know he's dealt with a plethora of injuries in the past. Yeah, it seems like he's always banged up, but he doesn't miss too many games. So I'm yeah, just looking so at the numbers hard. here. Yeah, you yeah. it up. Yeah. Post yeah. five, 24 carries, 19 carries, 29 carries, 23 carries, Jeez. which resulted in big fantasy points. No, McKissick was hurt here, wasn't he? I swear he was. Yeah, well, he had seven catches and six catches, uh, seven catches and five catches. In yeah, game. but then after that, he had 10, 15, 6, 21. He had games of 8, 10, 14, 12, 13. Like, it wasn't consistently 20 carries in my mind. And if you're not getting, like, look at, these, look at the target numbers, like two, 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 three, two, three, two, you know, and then when McKissie got injured, you get these seven, six, two, seven, four. Without, you know, the receiving work getting up higher than two or three targets a game. Um, and if you're not, you know, I can't imagine scoring a double-digit touchdown in this commander's offense led by Carson Wentz. Um, and you add Brian Robertson. Um, where are the, you know, where's his base work coming from? Like, is he going to get, you know, he's going to get the, you know, the first down carries, but like, does he get, you know, third and one carries? Does he get, you know, goal line carries? Brian Robertson, big, you know, pure running back. Uh, he's not getting yet third and 13 dump offs. Um, he's probably not getting the two minute drills. Um, you know, you're really relying on Antonio Gibson to be efficient with his touches, which he hasn't really proven to be, you know, in the past. Um, and he's not getting catches, so where are the points coming from? Yeah, and how many times did we see JD McKissick get a goal line carry? Like, I don't know what the number is, but I wasn't even the Antonio Gibson owner, and I felt like it was all the time. Yeah, but it's never when you play him. Like, it's never when he's in the lineup, says Andrew. 
no, like whenever I play Antonio Gibson, he blows up. But then when I'm not playing him, it's fucking McKissick on the goal line. Some arsehole in our league's getting the vulture and it's not me. But Frank, <laughs> anyway, um, I like definite loser. But I thought the Antonio Gibson hype was getting out of control. And for, for where he's come down, like in ADP, I kind of don't hate it anymore. Because I still think he'll be like RB 18 to 20, which is what he was probably going to be anyway. Um, it's just you don't have to pay a premium. But I do agree, Frank. Like one of the biggest losers of the offseason. Um, you know, I drafted B-Rob in our rookie draft. Shout out me. Uh, I hope both Gibson and McKissick pair both ACLs and B-Rob is <laughs> to the moon, Frank. But yeah, I mean... I, <laughs> I don't hate Gibbo as an RB2, but yeah, I just, his uh, future as an RB1, I can't really see that anymore, where the hype was going to. It's just, I don't think he'll ever reach that. Just where the hype was at. Same with Javante Williams. Yeah. Where the hype was at, um, coming into the offseason, throughout the offseason, you know, they've lost that hype and they're crashing down, which is why they, you know, I think count as losers. Yep. No, I agree. All right, Andrew, let's hit, hit us with your running back loser to finish us off here. Um, Frank, you might not like this, but it's it's Josh Jacobs running back to the oh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, yeah, like for what Josh Jacobs has been, I drafted him as a rookie um, when we had that in-person draft in Bungaree. The good old, yeah, the good old days. Um, and yeah, Jacobs did some good things, you know, but he's just always been... You know, RB14, RB13, RB18. What he is, he's done well. Um, but I just think the Josh Jacobs era is over, Frank. And you've really bought at the wrong time. Um, you know, he's never caught balls. Kenny Drake's still there. But, Frank, um, they draft Zemir White, uh, pick 122. So that's, that's a pretty, as you said, with um, Damian Pierce, it's not a throwaway pick. But, you know, it's, it's a bit of value there. Um, Josh McDaniels comes in head coach. Where did he used to coach, you guys? The Patriots. How many running backs do they use all the time? That's the um, Fifth-year option, Frank. Did you hear this news? Josh Jacobs, fifth-year option. Declined. Might not even have a job soon. Um, I hate Josh Jacobs. Um, I think it's more likely Josh Jacobs doesn't have a job than he finishes in RB1 ever again. I don't know if that's hot take. You know, we can discuss it now, but Josh Jacobs, loser. Big loser. Yeah, I do think he's a loser of the offseason. I have to agree with um, what you said. You know, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, which was disappointing as a Josh Jacobs owner. They bring in uh, Zamir White. Um, Not a good sign, but I think that the elevation of the offense as a whole is going to give Josh Jacobs a lot of more opportunities on the goal line. If he's been an efficient goal line back, he's always, you know, had good touchdown totals on the ground. So I think that's going to continue. And as long as you can get upwards of eight touchdowns on the ground, you're going to be finishing, um, you know, inside the top 20 running backs, which is going to be fine. Um, Kenyon Drake, on to put a note on Kenyon Drake, unless the coaching staff, you know, see something that the other coaching staff didn't see in Kenyon Drake, we saw him as a direct backup to um, Josh Jacobs, he didn't really see the field all that much um, for the Raiders last season. Um, and also, I think just Josh Jacobs, he's being underrated as a talent. You know, he's a f- former first-round pick. I think even with Josh Jacobs, if they go into a committee, I think he's still going to be an effective runner. I think he's still going to be able to contribute in the passing game. In a good offense now, he should be able to put up decent touchdown numbers. Obviously, that upside to, you know, finish inside the top 10, I don't think it's there. But I think if he was to leave town, you know, if that indication is that they've drafted Zamir White and Josh Jacob leave, Jacobs leaves town next offseason, do we think that he's in a struggle to find a starting job? Because if that's what you think, that's fine. But I personally don't. I think he'll find a job somewhere. No, he's old. He'll find a job. Uh, whether it's like as good as a, you know, role that he has now is a different question. But, you know, to answer Andrew's question, I don't think either of them happen again. Yeah, like he's not going to be an RB1. And he's going to find a job. Like he's not going to be out of a job next year. He's only 20. Like how old Josh Jacobs is? Maybe like 20. He's 24. 
yes, he's going to be like 25 next off season. That's like the same age as Christian Caffrey. Like, he's not old. He's going to be Melvin Gordon, if you will. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's just... 28. That's not the same thing. It'll be Melvin Gordon when he signed for the Broncos, and then Melvin Gordon's giving you like running back 20 back to back years. That's got that's value. If you knew you were getting that from Melvin Gordon three years ago, you probably would have taken it. Yeah, but Melvin Gordon's just been annoying for the last three years ever since he like decided he wants to hold out to get more money in Austin Eckles with his job. Like, ever since that, he's just been annoying in fantasy. And I feel like Josh Jacobs. <coughs> Jacobs or Montgomery, Frank? Yeah, it's probably Mont. Jacobs or Mont is in like 26, is he? He's like 24. I think they're the same age, aren't they? They're in the same draft. Uh, Montgomery's 25 already. And they're both going to be out of contract at the end of this year. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, they're both same draft, same situation, you know, same income, same. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, I, I don't know. It's tough. They're very similar. I think they're very, very similar positions. I think they're going to be fighting for the same kind of job this offseason. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I just think for the percentage... Oh, sorry, I just dropped the pen. But for the percentage chance that Josh Jacobs is good is not worth what you have to pay for him right not now. Not worth the 2024 first round pick? No, not in my opinion. Like what? <laughs> it's not a terrible <laughs> price. Will you agree it's not a shocking price? When it it's happened, it was a good price. Now it's like I may have paid overs. Yeah, but when you see what first round picks you get, you on draft day. <laughs> yeah, Josh that's because everyone gets could... too hyped. Yeah, it's good. Isn't it? Yeah, but Josh Jacobs could go like he could. This could be like so bad. Like he could, it could get real bad and, real quick. And the Raiders, like they, they might be the Joel Amor most overrated team of this whole. They're not good. Yeah, they are. The Las no, Vegas. What do you not, mean they're not good? Are you serious? They're not good. Yeah, I'm serious. They will be, you know, what? They're Seven play- and ten. They're a playoff team. No, they are not. No, they, they all are. can't be playoff teams, Andrew. That's the prop. No, that's the problem with the AFC West. They all can't be playoff teams. They're a seven and ten team, and you're not going to change your mind. They're, they're probably the best they're- seven and ten team going around, though. They're the, probably the best seven and ten team going around. You can't deny the talent of Darren Waller. You can't deny the talent of Hunter Renfro. Same with Devontae Adams. They've got some nice defensive pieces in Max Crosby. Um, I think they've got a couple other guys on the defensive side of the ball as well. Yeah, Derek Carr's no slouch. Yeah. Like, you know, whenever I watch the Raiders, which you just don't much, but he does everything. He's a fucking He's so menace. Good. He's a menace back there. Oh. Shout out Max Crosby. Yeah, if you watch, if you listen, Max Crosby. He should have been Defensive Player of the Year. He's the best defender in the league. There, I said it. I don't care. Yeah, I'm, you know. Oh, he's so good. I want to drive all the lot. He's good. But see, Max Crosby does it too. He's, yeah. Everywhere. He's, he's, oh, he's noticeable. He's not better than Aaron Donald, but fuck, he's good. Like, he oh. Is, yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, the Raiders, they still suck. No, nah, the Las Vegas Air Raiders, they're going to be good this year. That's what we're calling them, the Air Raiders. Get it going. Yeah, um, I think they're going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be able to be good enough to consistently beat the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Chargers. I think there's those three teams. You know, it's, it's very rare that you see three teams from the same division make the playoffs, but if it's ever going to happen, it's it's this year and it's the AFC West, personally. Where I was going with the whole Vegas start conversation was they used to just get up and then just pound Josh Jacobs 30 times. Like, that was Gruden's go-to. Like, let's just give Jacobs the ball 30 times and we'll win. Um, and I don't think they're going to be winning that many games to be able to do that. And he doesn't catch passes. Like, no, he doesn't. Um, and, you know, if he's not getting that high-volume carry and double-digit touchdowns, which I don't think you're getting a losing team, then what are you? He got Who 54 matches last off se- last season. Yeah, but that's, I don't know. I don't buy that, Frank. <laughs> I don't think that'll repeat personally. They did. Yeah. They've signed Brandon Bolden as well. And they got the other guy that the rookie. He could do stuff. Yeah, Zemir White. It's yeah. just I feel like Gruden was really invested in Josh Jacobs. He loved it. Yeah, and now he's gone, and it's. I just I just think it's a uh, changing of the guard. In Las Vegas, Frank, I'm out on Josh Jacobs. 
I'm out big time. No, anyway, we'll move, we'll move on. Um, so we'll just discuss Charlene and Burjo's picks. They're meant to be on here, but they're both cowards. Um, if you're listening, you know, you're a coward. Charlene's winner was Aaron Jones. Burjo's with Joe Mixon. Any disagreements there? We both think they're big winners. Yeah. Yeah, I think they are. Devontae Adams leaving town from Green Bay. Aaron Jones, like in games that Devontae Adams has missed in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Aaron Jones has just eaten. Like he's had like eight catches, nine catches, 10 catches. Like, and it just it consistently the, happened whenever Devontae Adams missed time. Do you want the numbers, Frank? So with Adams, he goes from 14 points per game. This is half PPR. 14 points per game to 22. And then he goes from two and a half receptions to five. So, I mean, there you go. really there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with Aaron Jones. I think he won't be that good with A.J. Dillon. But, yeah. yeah if A.J. Dillon's stealing all his touchdowns, I don't know about Aaron Jones. You need those five catches a game if A.J. Dillon gets 10 touches. Um, to touch on Joe Mixon as well, I think oh, yeah, the, the fact that... um. All these other running backs, like, you know, running back stables like the Raiders, um, you know, like where else was it? Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they added young running backs. Cincinnati didn't add any young running backs. They've still got Samaje Piron and they've still got, uh, what was the other guy's name? Um, names of Captain America, same, same name as Captain America. Well, let me get this up. It's escaping me right now. Barbara's name, Chris Evans. Chris Evans, that's right. So they've got Chris Evans and they've got Samaj P. Ryan, who both like never saw the field when Joe Mixon was fully healthy. So the same thing's going to happen again. Joe Mixon in an elite offense. Um, you know, despite public opinion, very good running back. Um, so he's going to be fine this season as well. So another winner of the offseason. If Joe Mixon is only going to catch a couple of balls a game, is he going to be that good? But yeah, did, it didn't matter this Frankie? season. Like he had forty cat, he had forty two catches, which is like basically equal his career high. Yeah. Um, and he rushed for you know twelve hundred yards. Like he just gets a lot of work, and he, he you know basically just. Touchdowns. Yeah, but is it hard for him to have thirteen touchdowns again in that offense? Probably not in that offense, is it? No, exactly. So I think um yeah, he's a big winner for me. And he just—he doesn't even have to improve. He could just stay in the years, and he'll be with. Yeah, but the um the O line didn't they do everything? They just got he's the guys. I, I don't know off the top of my yeah, head. They got but... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they I'm, smashed I'm the off season on their offensive line as well. The gift that keeps on giving, Big Bad Joe Mixon. <laughs> Hard to argue. Uh, before you get a bit too excited, Frank, we'll go to the losers. Um. Charlene had David Montgomery. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll talk shit about Charlene there in a minute. And Burjo had Kenneth Walker. Now, that's an interesting one. Because um, I would have went the other way with Rashad Penny being a loser. Where do you two lean on that? I can see where Burjo is coming from, though. Because Rashad Penny is already stuck in the shit hole in Seattle after Russell Whereas Kenneth Walker could have went anywhere. And yeah, okay. Got, you know, tied down, left to die there kind of thing, you know? I'm trying to think of a funny analogy, but I can't think of one. But, um, you know, he's just left there, stuck with Pete Carroll until Pete Carroll retired. Like Tom Hanks on Castaway. He is kind of like Tom Hanks on <laughs> Castaway. And Richard Penny's like, Wilson. And then <laughs> Russ Wilson joke there somewhere. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but um, anyway, Frank, what's your take on Seattle in 2022? And the movie Castaway. <laughs> the movie Castaway, um, fantastic film. Recommend it to any listeners that haven't seen it before. Um, take the time. It's definitely a necess- necessary watch. Um, with the Seattle Seahawks and the Kenneth Walker situation, they've obviously got a back there in Rashad Penny who they'd previously spent a first-round pick on, who they've brought back clearly for a reason they've put him on a one-year prove-it sort of deal um it's kind of a weird one i think if you're you know you're in a rebuilding team like that they like they are and i don't think they're kidding themselves i think that they know that they're a rebuilding team so to bring back him on a one-year deal i think it would be to see whether 
they're going to give him a longer term extension after that. So that's interesting for me. But then they bring in Kenneth Walker, who you presume can do all of the work for you. But now he's going to be splitting work with Rashad Penny. And that's without Chris Carson trying to make a comeback. So Chris Carson's still trying to get back into the NFL, back to the NFL from this neck injury. So if he gets involved as well, it's going to be a really messy backfield um, and a really poor offense. You know, with Drew Locke or Geno Smith under center, you can't imagine that this team even sniffs a top half of the NFL offense. So it's going to be um, a really tough time for Kenneth Walker. And that's even if he is as good a receiving back as we think he can be. Like he didn't catch many balls in college, but we seem to think that he's got the receiving capability. But if he doesn't, Rashad Penny's a very capable um, pass catcher. So it's going to be tough for him to put up enough fantasy points to really return value on where you have to take him in startups and how where people have taken him in rookie drafts as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I just hate everything about Seattle in 2022. Like, if you have a Seattle person, just get out. Even DK Metcalf. No, he's fucked. Even DK Metcalf, Joel. Yeah, get out. Um, anyway, I'm going to have a personal message to Charlene right now. Um, I think I feel like he put David Montgomery in here because, you know, me and him, we're going for the title this year. Let's take a shot at my team. I took this personally, Charlene. How has David Montgomery's situation got worse? I didn't add anyone. He's the only one that, like, tell me. I think he's saying that Chicago got worse. They didn't did they? Improve. They didn't improve at all. But they shit already. Like, who cares? Yeah, but it could have got so much better. I, I feel like that Chicago right receiver, what's his name? Mooney. The no, Mooney the Speaking of wheels, Derek McKinnon, I see you adding Derek McKinnon. Derek uh, shitting on this guy, and he might be okay. Like, I remember when everyone was shitting on Justin Herbert. He's good. <laughs> but, um, Gee, he's really anyway. gone from one extreme to another. Monty was an RB2, and he's going to stay that. Like, nothing changed. He's 25. He's fine. Charlie, like, just get off my back. You're not beating me for the title. That's all I have to say, Frank. Um, we'll do some rapid fire, you two. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready to go. I'm uh, always ready. J.K. Dobbins. Good. Winner or loser? Winner. Uh, winner. They've done Five. nothing except add Mike Davis. So he's a winner. They Mike Davis. It was either they added him or they brought yeah, him no, in. No, they added Mike Davis. Yeah. Either way, Mike. irrelevant. I am, this is a pro Mike Davis, Fat Mike podcast. He <laughs> gave me that season. Good on you, Fat Mike. Yeah, um, they added right. they added Mike Davis. But that's good for J.K. Dobbins because Fat Mike sucks. Uh, Derek, we love you though, Matt. <laughs> Matt, Mike. You know, uh, Derek Henry, winner or loser of the offseason? Loser. Yeah, loser. They added Hassan Haskins and Julius they Chestnut. Like they're, you know, they've added some more talent. DeAndre Hilliard's there. Like he's gonna he's gonna be as good as his durability. If he if, if he gets hurt again, it's gonna go downhill very quickly for Derek Henry. Derek Henry is not, you know, King Henry anymore. He is going to get exposed. Righto. Um, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, you have to say he's a winner. They haven't done anything else other than Tony Pollard's still there. Yeah, they might get him involved. But, you know, Ezekiel Elliott finishes like the running back seven this year. Um, and then they've already, the reports that came out, I believe it was yesterday or today, or even a couple of days earlier, that they said Tony Pollard is going to be used more in the slot. Um, translation, they're not going to be taking away that many carries and touches from Ezekiel Elliott. Why would they be saying Tony Pollard's going to be used in the slot if they were going to get him so heavily involved in the run game? That's just how I'm taking it. Tony Pollard touches to be better. But Zeke is both a loser and a winner. A loser in the sense he sucks. A winner in the sense he's still going to get a million touches, which is really unfortunate for the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Pollard believers, um, fantasy players, and, you know, just the human race in general. All right, we'll move on. Um, so the Buccaneers add Rashad White and the Cardinals add Keon Tane Ingram. Do, oh, Keon yeah, I don't know how to say it. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Ingram. But he's, he's off Lenny and James Connor, or are they big winners for you too? No, they're big, big winners. 
Yeah, they're big winners. I think it affects Leonard Fournette a little more than it affects uh, James Connor. The last podcast, though, did you guys go on to how Lenny is fat now? No, we didn't. You can have a 30 seconds. Oh, he looked that. huge. He's so fat. Yeah. Everyone Man got paid. But now he just was built like a brick shit out. Whereas Lenny's just fat and old. Um, yeah, you know, when he loses the weight stuff, he'll be fine. Did you see Najee came out and said, he goes, I was already this weight. Yeah, people are dumb. And he didn't even, he looked like an absolute tank. He's going to keep my, I mean, he had like 300 carries last year. They might give him 400 carries. <laughs> Joel's rankings, Najee, RB1. Why not? Yeah, there you go. Um, Imagine if, what's his face? Small hands are good. Imagine if small hands is good. You've already given up on troops. Have oh, yeah. Imagine if troops is good. I forgot about him. <laughs> All right. Um, Devin Singletary, James Cook. Who interests you more? James Cook. Yeah, James Cook, but I don't really like either. No, James Cook might be all right. Still might pick me up. Yeah, all right, there you go. Um, we touched on Elon Mitchell, Damien Hurt. Miles Sanders, is that AJ Brown news? Winner or loser? Winner, that He's got to be a winner, but I don't know. Is this not enough to go around in that offense? See, they're going to be Jalen Hurts on the ground or Jalen Hurts to AJ Brown and Devonta Smith in the air and Dallas got it. Like, is there ever been a bigger tease? Maybe Saquon Barkley, but like, you know, discounted tease, Miles Sanders. Remember asked him in the first round that time? Yeah, gee, sounds oh, good. Anyway, you touched on him. Saquon, Frank, how are you feeling off-season? I'm feeling really good about Saquon, and I don't know if you guys have been on the socials or been keeping up with uh, the off-season oh, hype. Good? This is, is probably, a, this probably a bad, it's probably a bad sign. The community is back in on Saquon Barkley. You know, yeah. I've seen too many TikToks of people screaming about how good a value Saquon Barkley is in the third round of, um, redraft leagues and you know Saquon Barkley's going to bounce back um, I think they're getting ready, ready to jinx me but still he's looking really good he's trusting his knee um, he you know appears to be in perfect shape like he's we, we can't forget that Saquon Barkley was the running back one as a rookie like let's not forget about that he's still that player some of these freak injuries um, I think he's he's due to you know stay healthy and you know show us what he's made of was Devontae Booker not there is that why he looked good Devontae, even if Devontae Booker looks better, the New York Giants are too proud to not give Saquon the work anyway. You're right, but he just sucks. Anyway, uh, um, how much does Isaiah Spiller impact Austin Eckler, you two? Minimally. Not much. Good answer. Uh, good answer. Um, and we'll close it off with something gross. The Atlanta Falcons running back room. C-Pat, Tyler Allergy. Which one do you two like more? Oh, it's yeah. CPAD. Tyler Elegy, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't really do it for me. I mean, you never know with these rookies. They could come out before. He'll have no, the chance, it. but that it. it's, it's CPADO cool. again. He's going to give you another year of production. I don't think you're going to get top 10, top 10 finish like you did this, this, offseason, this season just gone, but he's still going to be good. What yeah. about like all those scrubs they used to have? You know, like the guys that were sitting behind them, Demonte Freeman and all those guys. Ages. Um, yeah, we're going really back too far, aren't we? It's C-Pat, Damien Williams, Tyler Allegier, and Jeremy McNichol. There's your pest. Damien Williams is going to see like annoying amount of work next year. That's a Joel A. Moore special right there. No, he sucks. Don't draft him. But God, he's going to be like the J.D. nothing else to add joel before we uh wrap up anything else you'd like to add i know you like to be obnoxious and controversial um no um but claire town rocky's on in 24 minutes i'm not sure how quickly you're going to get the podcast out there to the public but race six number one at wentworth park tonight um i think you can run a place for seven dollars yeah right up yeah i don't think i'm gonna be able to get that one up in time so uh However, though, I do want to thank uh, all the listeners for tuning in for uh, this uh, episode. It's been great. It's been real. Thank you, Andrew and Joel, as always. I can always count on you two to be here. 
Um, as for Charlie Maburjo, be better. Uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on the show for our next episode. Thanks, team. Just, uh, have a good one. Just quickly before we close off, just a random question. What was your favourite class in high school, Frank? This is a fucking terrible question. Why was this a question? Oh, I just wanted to close out with a question. Yeah, I'm just going to go with, uh, oh, gee, it's a tough one. Going to have to go with PE just because, you know, we play dodgeball on the odd occasion. Oh, Joel was pretty that's awful. A, that's a coward answer. That's a shit answer. Like, I thought you were going to pick a specific, like, year level, like year nine math or something. No, that's even worse. That's too no, specific. Well, my favourite was year 12 English with Mr. Steele. Shout out, Sam Steele. Steele was good. Yeah. Good, 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 good class. Had Aaron Frank, in Frank, were you not a, were you not a science guy? No, I did it. Didn't like it that much. I thought you like did physics and chem and were like smart and shit. Yeah, just because I'm smart doesn't mean I enjoyed it. But okay. thanks for the pump up. Appreciate that. It's a good way to finish. No, what was your favorite class? Mine was uh, probably like um, RE. You then RE. Gee, that that was fun in there. Um, did minimal work in there. Um, but yeah, I, I met, I won't disclose his name, but yeah, I met Riley Cartledge in there. <laughs> <laughs> you literally just expect, you literally just exposed his name. Yeah, that was the joke. You might listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out Cartledge, hope you well. And Wheels was in there too, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boo. Anyway, we had four more minutes on the basketball, Yes, still playing basketball. We got it. We didn't. We didn't play for the last two weeks. We had the bye, and then we had the Queen's birthday break. So we're back this week. Um, excited to get the dub. I'm sure we'll keep you and the listeners informed, Joel. Don't you worry. All right, buddy. That's good. Can't wait. What do you think of uh, the Queen's birthday medal, Frank? Quite Ooh, Yeah, great call. That was the worst decision since. Yeah, yeah, Mason Cox actually got robbed. Yeah, didn't he? All my checks. He kicked four. Yeah, he kicked four and had like 15 touches. That's enough to uh, get the medal in my mind. Anyone but Clayton Orla, who was not that good. Exactly right. I am going yeah, to finish this up here, boys. I <laughs> do apologise. All right, I've got to cut you off. We've got to get this done. Have a lovely night. I'm going to keep going, Frank. See how long it would take. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you right. You're the worst. All right, <laughs> see you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Addict Dynasty podcast. Follow the podcast on Instagram at NFL Fantasy Addict. And be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure you don't miss a second of the action.